Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 443 with Stacy Isidro, Rediscover Your Sexual Self Sober. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe a woman of value naturally attracts the respect she deserves in life and love. And if you're looking to build up your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book just for you, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 tips and exercises to help you step more fully into your value. It's available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week I share a tip from the book and this week is step 18, which is learn to receive graciously. As women, uh, and I know men and women listen to this show, but most of us struggle with receiving. And I know for me, I grew up in a home where we were taught to give, but receiving was always really hard. And it's, it's really a crucial part of relationship to be able to receive with grace, not just go, hey, what, don't, don't give me that. I don't need that. Or don't give me that compliment. And no, you know, all this whole thing, you know, you're, you're really taking away a gift that somebody's giving you when you don't receive. So my challenge to you this week is to stop yourself before saying no to a compliment or an offer and receive. And you can just say, I received that. Thank you. <laughs> Before I bring on my guest, Stacy, I wanted to invite anybody who's not yet a member of my Facebook group to join us. It's called Your Last First Date, and it is a highly monitored, really guided group. We, we monitor every post, and I have seven monitors working for me to keep this group safe and sound for women over 40 who are looking to really grow into their last first date. So join us at your last first date. And now for my guests, Stacy Isidro is a master at helping her clients create a sexually satisfying life. She has a personal story of mastering life's transitions, recovery, and, and understanding how to live sober and navigate intimacy and connection. And we're gonna hear a little bit about that at the beginning of our interview. And these experiences have given her a unique approach to transforming her clients' lives. She's an expert at transforming suffering and internal conflict and confusion into peace, joy, and peak, peak existence. She is a sex coach and uh, she is certified with the World Association of Sex Coaches and also by Jaya. We've had a Jaya coach, uh, one of the partners on this show, Ian Ferguson. And uh, Jaya is a world-renowned sexologist, and she is also an erotic blueprint coach. Welcome to the show, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's an exciting topic. And as I was saying before the show started, we really don't talk about sober sex. And I would love to hear a little bit about your passion around helping people with sober sex. Tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. So in my journey through life, um, there was always an element um, of not wanting to feel my feelings and trying to avoid pain and seeking pleasure. And a lot of that manifested in substance use and abuse. 
And as I came into recovery, I realized that the topic around sexuality and sobriety really isn't talked about. Um, most of the world kind of sees alcohol or drug use as a celebration and something for fun. And they use it as a way to avoid feelings of anxiety or uh, maybe not enough or reduce some inhibitions to step, in, step into a sexual space. And what I found is that ends up creating more disconnection. And what we really want is love and connection and presence with our partners. So it's really important to me to get that message out there that you can actually step into your full being without having to use substances to allow yourself to be seen and allow yourself to receive and connect with other people. I think even without substances, people numb their feelings and avoid pain. It's, you know, I, I, I was just talking to my mom today about something I had gone through and her immediate response was to celebrate it somehow or to just like dismiss it. And I stop her now and I just say, you know, here's what I really need. I know you're trying to make me feel better, but that, that doesn't feel good. And, you know, just be with me, just, just be with me. You don't have to fix it or do some positive, whatever that's called, like that toxic positivity, Ugh, bypassing, emotional bypassing. We do all of that because we don't know how to deal with our own emotions. So I love that, you know, you're really focusing on getting people centered and present with what is to me, that's kind of what the word sober means. If you look it up, yes, it means, you know, not using drugs or alcohol, but there's also an element of truth to what that word means. Um, like when people say the sober truth, like the real, mm. what is actually present. So I kind of see that word as more encompassing you know, besides just the, the common usage of not drinking. You know, it's waking up to the reality and having acceptance of what is. So that way we can move through our feelings and navigate spaces in a healthy way, rather than, like you said, trying to bypass them or ignore them or getting stuck down in our feelings and not ever having them move. Yeah, and that could last for decades, could last your whole life if you don't really look at a feeling, understand, face it, ask it what, what it's there for. You know, there are so many ways to, to really be present with it. So um, tell us how you help people step into sexuality with consciousness instead of stepping in with substances. So one of the first things that I really like to focus on is... Um, one, we need to listen to the stories that we're telling ourselves and start to evaluate those and see what the difference between the reality is and what's the story that we're telling ourselves here. Because a lot of times those stories point towards our deepest fears like um, fear of rejection, or not being enough, or maybe being too much, um, you know, not wanting to get our feelings hurt, and really wanting love and acceptance. So I think it's really important for us to, you know, acknowledge 
you know, what are we telling ourselves in our head and what is the reality of that situation? So we can get to the core of where that discomfort is. And by doing that, it points to those feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so you've given a few examples of stories and, um, I mean, I hear them every day, but give, give us a couple more examples of story and reality uh, because, you know, we just, we're stuck there a lot. Oh, a big one that I hear is, um, you know, they didn't answer my text. They're not calling me back fast enough. That means they don't like me. They're seeing someone else or I'm being abandoned. Um, when the reality might just be that they're doing something. It may not be an intentional thing that they're ignoring you and don't want to spend time with you. You know, that's a huge one. Or um, even it can show up in, um, yeah, just how people respond um, as far as when someone shares their feelings with you and you have some charge around what they said. Um, it could be the issue isn't that they're sharing their feelings. It's, um, you know, your attitude towards like the subject of what they're sharing, you know, so kind of discerning, like, where is this charge coming from? Is it really that they're, they're sharing with me or they want more information or is it really, pointing to hearing this creates a story in my head about um, not being enough, you know, and it could simply be that they're just sharing from a vulnerable space and we don't need to do anything with that except for to hear them out. And a lot of times that doesn't have anything to do with us. It has to do with them. So there's an element of not taking responsibility for other people's feelings and behaviors, which I find that, um, you know, we tend to do a lot, you know, I don't want to share my feelings because then I'm going to hurt someone or they're going to take it the wrong way. And then, so it stops us from being all of ourselves. Yeah, that's a big one, especially, especially with codependency, which is, huge and especially in the in the recovery field I I have a client right now who really struggled with that she grew up with two alcoholic parents and she herself struggled with substance abuse and I see her going there but now she catches herself because we when we're not like you said it's we don't show up authentically when we're so worried about being other focused and so people who are really stuck there, like in, in, I don't want to hurt someone, so I don't want to speak my truth, I'm going to kind of just be liked, or they don't speak up when they have fears, they just make up stories in their heads. What are some of the steps to unravel that to help people who are stuck there? So yeah, that first one is, you know, acknowledging what is the fear. And sometimes, um, what's coming up, like what's showing up lately um, for me is people saying that they want something on the surface, but never really going deeper into what that means, because there's this fear inside of them that they can't actually have what they want or that they don't deserve it. You know, that's another huge thing that's been coming up. So um, 
yeah, really getting to the core of what it is that you desire, you know, um, and that can come from figuring out like, what is the story and what's the truth? What is the fear that's going to point you towards what you really want? I'm afraid of rejection. What I really want is acceptance and love, you know, so that's a huge piece. And then the other piece is, you know, feeling into that fear of rejection or fear of abandonment. Um, some people go to anger because that's more acceptable. Um, some people stuff anger because they feel like it's not acceptable. Um, for me, like anger is kind of a secondary emotion and it usually is a cover for sadness or fear. And so I have to take responsibility for, you know, am I violating a boundary of my own? Do I have a need or desire that I'm allowing um, to be violated here? Um, or is someone else doing something and it doesn't have anything to do with me? And, you know, yeah, anger can be a natural response, response but what I'm really feeling is now I'm sad. So we have to learn how to step into those feelings and allow ourselves to feel them. And for me, what I found is there's so many feelings besides, you know, angry, depressed, anxiety, but people go to like three or four feelings on the regular. And it's like our mind says, oh, I'm angry. And so our body goes into angry and what I try to help people understand is like this energy that's, it's an emotion, it's energy moving through your body. So let's try to drop the label of what we want to say that it is and get into the body sensations. You know, maybe it's my heart's racing and I feel like a pit in my stomach. I feel like I'm going to puke or like I feel the blood racing through my veins and I'm short of breath. You know, let's go into that. What is the body sensation telling you? We don't necessarily have to label it. We can, but often what I found is when I go into the body sensation, it's a different feeling that's showing up besides what I would have originally labeled it as. So maybe I'm just uncomfortable or maybe I'm, um, maybe I'm actually calm and peaceful and not completely detached you know, so it's interesting once we go into the body sensations without those labels, it gives us the space to start to move the energy through our body. So I do a lot of work with people on breath and movement and sound and even journaling. You know, sometimes we just need to say all of the things and get them out so that we can move forward, you know, um, moving is very helpful. Some people um, have more of a tendency to flow and be in a flow movement. Some people need something really intense, like jumping up and down. Um, for me, I really enjoy intense physical exercise, like lifting weights. And so that's one way that I move energy through me. You know, I've also been a professional belly dancer for over 20 years. So being in that flow and movement is really helpful to me because I can move the feelings and the energy without having to put a lot of words to them and staying stuck in my head. Cause it's like the feelings and stuff they're in the heart and in their body. 
and the mind tries to understand them and label them and intellectualize them and talk you out of things, you know? So there is an element, I think, of contemplation, but there's also a level of embodiment. And the goal is really to get your head and your heart in alignment so that we can start to be in that space of alignment rather than battling against ourselves. Just that whole alignment piece, I, I don't know that people really understand it until they feel it because so many of us are living unconsciously and don't even realize it. We're talking about authenticity this month in my Woman of Value Club, which is my monthly um, subscription program. And you know, talking about what, what does it mean to be authentic? What does it mean to show up with, with your values and your needs and your feelings expressed and all of that? But most people don't even know where to begin to start mining for those things. And so um, if, do you have any tips for helping people get started with really knowing like what's going on? I know I love the body work. I think that's super important, but just to just start like, you know, feeling into who are you at your core? Absolutely. One exercise that um, I do a lot with people is to um, feel your, your yes and feel your no in your body. So it's about being comfortable in your space and start thinking about something I always start with a no because it's better to end on the high notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but think of something that is just absolutely, you know, not acceptable to you, you know, whether it's, um, you know, racism or sexism or animal cruelty or things, um, violations against children or whatever it is, it is just your absolute no. And notice what happens in your body when you start thinking about that and breathing into it. And this gives you clues as you go through life, when you start feeling those, those sensations, oh, this is what my no feels like. And obviously this is gonna give you a dramatic no, but the purpose of that is for you to feel it fully and deeply. And it may be helpful to write those things down. What are those body sensations you experience when you're in your no, and then breathe and let that go, maybe shake it out <laughs> and then go into something that you absolutely love, something that is a full yes to you. Maybe it's like a hobby or a passion or spending time with kids or thinking about, you know, taking in all of the animals and feeding the world, ending world hunger and, you know, finding the relationship that you truly desire, whatever you're full yes is and now start to look at what's happening in your body and feel that it's usually an expansiveness a lighterness your breathing changes your facial express expressions change um, and write that down because that points to where you're a yes and so just understanding your yes and your no will help you start to move through life and decision-making or when you're in a situation and your head saying, oh, just go with it, it's fine, just make everybody happy, but you start feeling that tension in your body. It's like, hey, wait a minute, my body's telling me something. 
maybe I need to listen to this. And so it's like giving you more information to step into your authenticity, like what's true for you. I love that because it's so easy and it's so clear, especially when you go to those extremes, the extreme yes and the extreme no, but you start to recognize. And I think that, you know, that, that inner knowing where people will go, just tell me what to do. You already know what to do. You already feel what to do, but when you keep tamping it down and pushing it down, you forget. So I love this because it just starts to make you more aware of what you're not paying attention to and what's really important. And all our best decisions come from these places of inner knowing. You know, we have a sense. I, I remember probably 35, 40 years ago when I started to speak up to doctors, people in power. And I knew nothing, I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but I knew in my body when something felt wrong and I would question and I would leave a doctor who felt like he wasn't paying attention to what I needed and what worked for me or dismissing me. And it, it's very empowering when you keep doing it and you keep paying attention to those yeses and nos. So I, I love this. I hope people do this exercise because anybody can do it and, and the results will be incredible. Yeah. And for me, a lot of this work, it's about taking personal responsibility. You know, when we get that, just tell me what to do. It's because we don't want to take personal responsibility for our decisions and our actions. And we can just say, oh, well, I did what they said and it doesn't work. So it's, you know, it's somebody else's fault. And that's a common theme within um, substance uh, use and recovery is we're learning to take personal responsibilities for our behaviors and our feelings and our actions and all of these things. So um, it's really empowering when you step into personal responsibility. And for me, there's also an element of pain and fear in that because that means that I have to acknowledge um, where I've given away my power, where I've abused power. Um, you know, I have to take responsibility for the consequences of my actions or inactions. And so there's a healing element there that shows up as well as we're starting to acknowledge like our yes and our no. And I think that's part of stepping into authenticity is learning how to have compassion for ourselves and not judging ourselves and taking that personal responsibility of where we're at and not trying to, to put it on other people you know, or trying to use a substance or, you know, do a behavior or avoid so that we don't have to take personal responsibility. Yeah. Responsibility is, it's so huge when you start to step into your own leadership really, and take responsibility for your part. And again, that's part of stepping away from codependency is knowing what's on your side of the street. You know, it's like, I'm not responsible for your, the way you take this, but I am responsible for speaking up. I am responsible for self-regulating my emotions. I am responsible for asking for what I want, all of those things. And I think 
what we usually do is just focus all our responsibility on taking care of others. Let's talk a little bit about erotic blueprints since this is one of your specialties. And I personally love the whole idea of erotic blueprints. So tell us a little bit again about what they are and how they help people on this journey. So I use the blueprints often with people, um, especially um, helping them to get into their bodies and step into pleasure. Um, The blueprints, it's an arousal and typing system. So it's similar to the five love languages, but this is for arousal and pleasure. And one of the things that I really love about this is the embodiment piece and the space of there is no hierarchy, there is no right or wrong way. This just happens to be how we're wired in this moment. And that can change as we grow and expand, but this gives people a very clear language to start to identify um, what what they want, what they desire, what their fears are, and how to start to heal some of those shadows and really step into their pleasure. Um, It helps with communicating your needs to a partner, and it also helps you understand your partner's needs. So one of the things that we talk about in the blueprints is that sexual incompatibility is actually a myth. So it's about tapping into, you know, where is our pleasure and what does that look like? And what does someone else's pleasure look like? And how can we come together in that space? Interesting. So, and people get really stuck on this piece that we have to be completely sexually compatible. And I see a lot of women talking in my group about men with erectile dysfunction, um, the perfect guy, but, you know, and he's really embarrassed about it. He has a lot of shame around it. And I think that's, that's core, you know, how you, how you see yourself is so much more important than the actual physical. And a lot of women go through changes with menopause, with hysterectomies, you know, our bodies are not the same. And so how can people build compatibility sexually? So within the blueprints, um, there's a blueprint called the sexual blueprint. And that is kind of your American cultural norm that we're fed um, through movies or porn. And it's about nudity and genital contact and penetration and have the orgasms and be done. And that's what the point is. Um, The reality is there's so many other ways to experience sexuality and pleasure beyond penetrative sex. And so... um, The other blueprints give you ways to start to explore those. So one, it's acknowledging that there are other ways besides just the penetration. And um, you're right, as we get older and our bodies change, and especially men, um, as their bodies change over time, men are told that like, you are your erection, you are, you know, the, um, the strength of your, your cock, the, the amount that you ejaculate, the number of people you sleep with. And 
when they're in their twenties and we're younger, both men and women, we're in procreative times of our lives. So it's natural for there to be this insatiable desire. And for men, like the wind blows, you know, and they have an erection, like your body is wired to procreate when you're younger. But as we get older, we're no longer in a procreative time of our life. And when men get in that phase and they've been told that, hey, how you were in your 20s, that's what you're supposed to be. They're, they have so much shame and judgment on themselves because now it's, you know, I'm, you know, what does it mean to be a man if I'm not this? And even the medicalization of sex is teaching them, yeah, you've got to be like you were in your 20s, take this pill. You know, so there's not a space for men or women really to explore all these other areas when we're being bombarded with these messages of like just one blueprint. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a huge piece and, um, you know, energetic blueprint. It's about the energy and the T's and the space between and it's about um, more lighter hovering touch. Like that's where we go into Tantra, sacred sexuality, which is another one of my areas of expertise. So some people are wired energetically and they don't function well in the sexual blueprint, you know, or it could be that, hey, we're in this time of our life and this sexual blueprint is no longer serving us the way that it did. Now I have an opportunity to explore all of these other things, like maybe the sensuality involving the senses. It's the smells and the taste and um, sensual massage and the romanticism. And then there could be elements of kink in there. And kink is really about what's taboo to you. And I think that it kind of gets a, um, uh, a one-sided view when we see like movies and books, they think, you know, oh, kink is all whips and chains and, and pain. And that's not actually what it is. Like if you're used to having sex with the lights off and you turn the lights on and have sex, that could be taboo to you. You know, so it's about kind of exploring those edges and doing something different that maybe you haven't done before. It's about healing shame over things that you like. Like I have had clients in their 60s realize that they have, um, you know, a high kink blueprint that they've never accepted or explored. And it's like they went their whole life without being able to tap into the deepest essence of their pleasure you know, and that's, it blows my mind to think that like, there's so many people out there that have not gotten a chance to experience that and explore that part of themselves. And that's part of why I'm so passionate about this is because everyone deserves to experience love and connection and pleasure and acceptance and all of the ways, not just one way. So I love the blueprints for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear your passion. And I was actually going to end with a final word of advice that you would love people to take away from this conversation. I think you kind of just captured it, but I would love to hear it a little bit more. Ooh, yeah, that, um, that all of you is welcome and you deserve 
happiness and acceptance and pleasure and that you can have it. And I believe that for you. And if you don't believe that for yourself, allow us to believe it for you until you can believe it, you know, for yourself, because that is the greater truth that we all deserve that love and happiness and acceptance. Yeah. And just get everybody to believe it for themselves. That's the trick, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what a beautiful message. Well, thank you, Stacy. Tell our audience how they can reach you. And I know you have a, an offer for us. Yes, thank you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at sexcoach underscore Stacy. Uh, my website is holisticprogressions.com. And my offer is that if any of this resonated with you, or if you have a desire to explore sexuality without the use of substances, if you're in recovery and exploring this, um, please reach out to me and I'm offering a complimentary discovery call that's 60 to 90 minutes. Wow. Well, I love this conversation. I think, you know, I grew up with a lot of wrong ideas about sex. And one of the things I love about being a dating and relationship coach is bringing this kind of information and these types of experts for people to know what is available to them. And to know like you can eat from the whole buffet table and not just the beggar's table, right? Just let's, let's all dine from that, that delicious part of life that we have not even known existed. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing. Thank you. This. Thank you for having me. And I'm in full support of your mission with gratitude. Oh, thank you. And thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. <laughs> <laughs>